I have started and exited multiple companies. I am an avid investor in early stage companies. I advise some of the hottest startups and have worked with many of the top tech companies across numerous industries. I'm a software developer by trade, but I also have an MBA from Duke University. I seek out companies who defy conventional wisdom to drive innovation in any industry. And in this podcast, I interview the founders of those companies for you. Hello, folks, and thanks for listening to the Defiance Ventures podcast. I'm excited for this interview for a couple of reasons. Uh, first off, my guest, Lauren Maccabee, is awesome. Uh, she's a ball of energy, very motivating. Uh, but she's also in the fitness industry, which is always fun for me to interview owners of fitness businesses. Uh, and especially I'm excited because her business is one of those businesses that is literally thriving in our current pandemic environment. I've talked a lot on recent episodes and for even prior to the pandemic about the concept of anti-fragile businesses that not only survive during extraordinary times, but actually are able to improve. Uh, Lauren owns Essential Thrive and created a very unique form of yoga called Shakti. Uh, Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here with you. Awesome. Well, thank you. So can you tell the listeners, first of all, what Shakti yoga is? Yeah, definitely. So throughout uh, various modalities of exercise, fitness, um, yoga, and I joined together a lot of my favorite practices and turned it into one. Um, so it's been an evolution and it continues to change, but the foundation is yoga. So um, if you were to, to strip away all the move, extra movements we do, the foundation is yoga. We incorporate plyometrics, the high intensity intervals, um, a lot of body weight exercises, um, and something that is energetically very near and dear to my heart, which is kundalini yoga. And um, so through, and also we incorporate dance as well. So nothing choreographed. So you don't, everybody always gets scared when I say dance. It's not like you have to learn an eight count. Um, it's rep repetitive movements that have a very strong intention of releasing. Um, we store so much emotion in our fascia. So when we are stagnant or we don't move in certain ways, we tend to like hold, um, you know, emotions, uh, toxins that we don't really need. So we work through uh, various movements that we'll do over and over and over again with the purpose of shaking that out of the system. And um, yeah, my intention is to work through each of your chakras, your energetic pathways through a whole practice. Sometimes we focus specifically on one, but the intention is that when people are done with the practice, they feel very balanced and empowered. And typically people will laugh or cry during that process too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one, one of our mutual friends, Ivy Robinson, introduced me to the practice and she describes it as booty shaking yoga. Is that a pretty common way yeah. of people describing it? <laughs> yeah, I've heard so many names. It's actually comical and I don't even, I honestly, I don't care what people call it because um, my heart for the practice is just for people to know that they're meant to feel good 
and um, that their body is meant to thrive. And so whether you call it booty shaking yoga, I've heard, I've heard twerk yoga. I've heard um, a lot of other names that maybe I don't even mention on here, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's out of the box for sure. And even though people might call it twerk yoga or booty shaking yoga, there's so much um, energetic power in those movements. Um, what's connected to um, your sacral and root chakra that um, it's so beneficial for everyone to do. So. Uh, that's awesome. For the record, I had never twerked until doing your workout. Thank you for making me look like a moron. Because <laughs> yeah. I have no I rhythm. I doubt you look like a moron. <laughs> but I will say in particular, the hips are is an area that people hold a lot of tightness. Um, with the the muscular structure but also energetically so when you do when you do twerk and look like a moron your words not mine um <laughs> there's so there's so much benefit to it and I, I don't know if you felt better after oh absolutely um, absolutely but i guess i always do after i do a yoga practice um yeah. how much uh, so it sounds like though I, I did notice that i felt really particularly good after doing the workout how much of it is combining the movements or do you think if you just went and twerked alone you'd, you'd get a lot of benefit is it more from combining the two though synergistically kind of or I really do believe it is I I think there's benefit obviously to yoga mm -hmm. of course and then to dancing and just being free but the combination together is uh very um it's like elation I feel almost uh a form of like high when I'm done with practicing even when I'm teaching it because there's your body releases so many endorphins and um, you know, there's not many opportunities in our world that people feel safe to just completely let loose. And this provides a platform for people to practice in an environment where they don't care what they look like and they just um, follow along. And you know, the music's so loud and typically in a studio setting, all the lights are off because I want people just feel safe and not like anyone's watching them uh, and um yeah so it's and and honestly people are like they'll be nervous or worried to come to class and then they come and they're like I don't know why I was so worried because it really is a no judgment zone there is no judgment so yeah. and I feel that way with yoga studios in general or any kind of group workout if it, the group workout format doesn't work if anybody's judging anybody right and so yeah it, good good um, owners of gyms will will quickly weed out anybody who is a bad actor in that type of scenario but yours in particular I've only done the virtual version but um, I I think for me yeah. that the biggest thing was I just never like I said I've never gone out and twerked or danced like that before and I think there was just a liberation yeah. that I felt in doing that <laughs> yeah and the more you do it the more um, you'll notice you'll loosen up even more and the, the more the movement becomes like something that you feel like is innate like it's a part of who you are like you're supposed to you know yeah. um so i would love for you to come to a live class when I definitely will. time is available <laughs> yeah I, I definitely will now that i follow you on instagram i see some throwback photos and they look like a lot of fun the uh in -person yeah ones. we've had so much fun yeah it's a blast it's so and it's a good workout too <laughs> yeah yeah it absolutely it absolutely is um so obviously adding in the the dance movements and the plyometrics and the body weight movements um gives you less time to do the more traditional yoga um poses 
but there are definitely some poses that I recognized from other yoga classes. What, how much of the workout would you say is more traditional, based in more traditional yoga movements, and how much are, are things that are just um, movements that don't really relate to yoga? Um, or does it so change every, every workout? It does change every class. If I were going to put a, like a percentage to it, I would probably say about 60% is yoga. Okay. But given that, so we may be in warrior two while circling our hips, or we may be in like Anjaleyasana high lunge and pulsing through it. Um, so you're literally pumping energy up and down the spine during these movements. So it, it's like there's so much yoga when you look at it, but you just have to strip out the additional movement to it. Yeah. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, no, that, that does okay. make sense. <laughs> Very cool. So, so how did you first get into yoga? Um, so I honestly, um, I started taking classes in high school. I fell in love with um, group fitness and yoga was one of the things that I would regularly go to I started teaching classes um when I was 18 so yeah um then it has morphed and transformed and I've gone in so many different avenues but um it's been a huge part of my life um I took my like official 200 hour certification um it's been like over 14 years now um so Wow. Yeah, it's been an evolution and you you never um like feel like you arrive with yoga so it's going to be something that I'm always learning and taking more that's awesome school and teachings and things like that so that that's really cool when do you think because obviously and now yoga is a pretty mainstream modality mm-hmm. that most people are incorporating on some level in, into their workouts mm-hmm. when from your I mean had it already crossed that barrier in your mind when you started or was it during your career as a yoga practitioner that that really started to happen or is it not as mainstream as I perceive it to be um it no it is definitely more mainstream and I've watched the evolution of that as well um I think in our more Western culture that we live in, um, it's perceived as just a, a movement, whereas the more you dive into it, and um, it's way beyond the asana, the movement. Um, so yoga has, uh, one of the things I love about it so much is that it's like a lifestyle teaching. And, um, you know, even like one of the eight limbs is all about like saucha, which is cleanliness and the heart of the the yoga principle is that you never ever leave a place unless it's cleaner or looking better than when you walked into it. Interesting. So there are so many principles of, um, you know, body, mind, and spirit benefit way beyond the mat. Like yoga is a lifestyle and Mm -hmm. that's what I love about it so much. So that's great. (laughs) Yeah. So how long were you t- practicing traditional yoga before you decided to create Shakti? How did, how did that kind oh my of goodness. timeline play out? Yeah. Um, so the create creating Shakti kind of like, um, <laughs> it's a funny story. Do you want me to share it? Yes, please do. <laughs> okay. So, um, I was, a I ran a fitness department. I lived in Hawaii and I, um, it was a private members only resort. So, um, very uh, fortunate to work with 
amazing elite um, athletes and um, people that I would personal train. And one of my clients in particular, um, like we, we, I trained her, but we also became really close friends. And so I would travel with her and we would travel a lot. And wherever we would go, I would um, teach her yoga and I would, you know, train her. And in one particular instance, um, we were in Arizona and um, she hired for a group of friends, a cardio striptease um, exercise instructor. <laughs> so I'm in the very back of the room and I'm having fun because it's just a fun, I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's called cardio striptease. And, I have not um, heard of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like not many people would, but I, um, in the, I'm in the back and I'm just having fun and I start doing yoga and incorporating some of these movements. And then the next day, um, music has always been a huge part of my life. I love it. It's constantly going um, and I make a new playlist for every single class. So um I the next day I turned on the music and I put it up a little louder and I just started incorporating some of the movements from the last night's class with cardio striptease into the yoga practice with my client and we were just having fun we were laughing and I felt so good and I think that moment was like if it flipped a switch in my brain where I was like wow I can think way out of the box with this and kind of mesh together everything I love about the physical body and all of the things that we do. Like, I mean, I have spin certification, Pilates, all of these things. And I can like literally pull pieces from all of that and put it into a foundational yoga practice. And so that's a long answer, but it's kind of just, it really has been like an evolution of this. And yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That, that's awesome. So how does one go about creating a new yoga practice? Does, is there somebody that certifies it? Or is there like a board that you go in front of? Or how, how does that work? Yeah, um, Yoga Alliance is kind of, a, I would say the governing body for yogis. Um, so most schools need to be Yoga Alliance certified in order to um, share the practice. It's a loose term to be completely honest because I don't, Yoga Alliance is doing the best that they can, but I've seen um, many schools that probably don't reach the requirements that are still part of it. So, I mean, it's a huge job and hopefully people's hearts are in the right place that they just want to share um, really good information and teach people. Um, but yeah, it's Yoga Alliance. That's the, that's the only um like if an, you were to go teach anywhere you would have to be yoga alliance certified okay most places. and yeah. is that an international alliance or is that an american yeah. thing or okay cool mm -hmm. yeah awesome. are you thinking about becoming a yoga teacher no i'm when when you do finally see me doing the yoga poses you'll understand why i am not a fle <laughs> flexible person but uh, <laughs> hey there was a point in my life where I would say the same thing, but if you keep showing up to it, it's pretty amazing what your body can do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I, I can definitely, it, it's like anything, right? Like you, you mentioned, it's a, it, it's a journey and at first you, yeah. you suck at it and then you get better, but you never really master yeah. it. And that's, I, yeah. I can definitely see that with, with yoga. I, and I want to talk a little bit when we get into more me geeking out on the fitness aspects of things about that specifically okay. about how people can incorporate more, more yoga into their routines. Um, Perfect. So how did you, so it sounds like you 
you kind of stumbled onto this formula of combining other movements um, while, while you were, you know, in the story that you just related. Um, was there a point where you knew like, okay, I need to create this and turn this in, into a business or did it just kind of evolve? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's been a, quite a process, honestly. I originally partnered up with my best friend and we created, um, it had a different name and we created um, a, a platform where we were gonna certify other teachers and um, it kind of fell through the cracks. Our partnership didn't work and we're still really close friends and um, everything's good, but it just, um, it's been like a zigzag sure <laughs> to get it to usually this is point. <laughs> yeah right um which i'm very grateful for and um i've interacted with a lot of people along the way that have brought me to right here in this moment so um but yeah it's been quite a process um i i really can't pinpoint one moment where i was like oh this is this is where it happened but, yeah yeah that's cool. I'd, I'd, I, ask, I like to ask that question of the founders of businesses, and it's usually 50-50. What, some of them will say, oh, yeah, I knew the minute that I showed it to my first customer, and they were like, yeah, I'm there. Or sometimes it's, ah, there were probably like a five or six-week period where it just kind of turned into a thing that, I, that all of a sudden I knew I needed to do. So, uh, so uh, do you practice a lot of traditional yoga still, or do you really incorporate everything within Shakti into most of your own personal practice? No, I, um, I practice traditional yoga every morning. It's okay. part of my um, morning routine. Some days it's 10 minutes, some days it's an hour and a half. So um, it really depends on the day. And, you know, I'm a parent of two, so I, <laughs> life isn't always the same every single day. Um, but it is a foundational part of my life. And I, I love Chakti yoga, but there is nothing to me like practicing with just the breath in silence mm -hmm. and I think it's very powerful as a form of moving meditation um and yeah so and honestly a lot of the creativity from of Chakti Yoga comes from the moments of stillness and breath um like I feel like that's such an essential part of creativity for um myself Awesome. So do you do meditation without yoga or is it all through, through your yoga practice that you, that you do the mindfulness? No, I do, I do a meditation as well. Um, mm -hmm. I typically do not get out of my bed in the morning until I've centered my energy and come uh, a small form of meditation. And then um, I have what I call a morning sadhana. It's like a, a ritual of sorts. Um, and I, I have like a, you know, kind of my list of what is ideal. It doesn't always, you know, you have to be loose with this because it's not like every day is the same, but um, it's uh, complete silence. I love guided meditations, um, breath work, but um, stillness is um, a sanctuary for me. Mm -hmm. And meditation is something I cannot imagine life um without and i do tell a lot of my um friends and clients i'm like i would equate meditation to like a form of hygiene for your body like you would not go a day hopefully without brushing your teeth right <laughs> and it's like the same thing with um what meditation does for you it's such a cleansing practice to connect you to uh the greater picture and higher purpose for each of us 
you know? It's, it's amazing meditation. It's, it's free, right? I mean, you, I guess you can pay to learn how to do it, but it's really free. It doesn't take all that long. And the stu- there's numerous studies for uh, the, the health benefits. I mean, it's better than literally any pill you could take for relie- relieving stress and all sorts of other, other factors. It's something that um, hopefully as people think about their, their health routines, because we see that COVID is impacting disproportionately unhealthier people hopefully meditation yeah. is one that people are, are looking at incorporating i i'm guilty of going days without meditating um but i always feel better when i do it it's just i find it hard stillness is not an easy thing for me i've got a mind that races um but when mm-hmm. i do put put the energy in it's it's definitely um very very beneficial to my daily routine yeah you know um i will say i think it's a very common misconception to think that when you're meditating your mind is still yeah um there are many many days where i come to meditation and show up you're showing up for yourself it's like creating an appointment in your calendar like you wouldn't miss this time with me at four o'clock for this podcast you know (laughs) it's the same kind of mindset you would create for yourself some days i have severe monkey mind and I'm thinking about all I have to do that day and then some days it's like I'm able to go into another dimension almost but I I really believe that the ritual of it is very beneficial for people because now it's like the second I sit down on my meditation pillow my body knows oh this is where the goods are like yeah (laughs) yeah. that's awesome yeah Um, so, so as I mentioned, I've done your virtual class and it, it was mm-hmm. a ton of fun. It did kick my ass. I mean, it, it, I was in a puddle of sweat and sore and everything <laughs> else. Um, and, and, I, and I felt silly, but I, I, in a good way. Uh, it, I think it's good to feel silly and, the, and to, to feel awkward at things. It's just part of the mm-hmm. learning process. Um, what advice do you have for people taking your class for the first time? Mm-hmm. Um, to release judgment over yourself and over me as the teacher, because um, we all live very different lives, um, drastically different lives. We all eat differently. We all sleep differently. And so we're gonna move different um, and we're gonna feel different within each movement. And even though energetically we really are all connected, we are very unique as well. So I tell people like as much as you can, um, try and get out of the thinking mind in this practice and um, get into the heart. Because the more that you can just be free in your mind, the more benefit you'll get from the practice. And you will be less worried about what you look like and more about what's happening internally. Um, and, you know, I always tell people, take breaks if you need to, because it is, it's a, it's a practice, but it's a good workout. I mean, I see a lot of people, I don't count calories or where there's watches, but I mean, I'll see people burn 700 in an hour, um, which is up there with some of the really high intensity. Um, yeah, I, did, so. I didn't track my, um, I, I didn't wear a fitness tracker when I did it, but it felt like my heart rate got up in the 160s, 170 range yeah. on a couple of different occasions for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, it's like, I, I like to think of uh, typical practice like a heartbeat so we go up and down in waves of 
energy um, where you think like, oh, I can't take it anymore. And then I'll drop it down really low and then I'll bring it back up again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it definitely was, was, was a good workout from a cardio, but also from, from a muscle um, perspective. So would your answer to keeping an open mind and, and everything that you just said, would that change if, if you were given that advice to somebody who's taken a traditional yoga class before versus one who hasn't, or would you give the same advice in either case? I would give the same advice because, um, you know, I can't control what people have been through in their past or what they've done in their past. But if we can just show up in a mindset of releasing judgment and um, any preconceived notions of what you think it's going to look like and just really listen to your body. I, I joke with people. I'm like, you can lay in Shavasana the entire hour if you want to. <laughs> no one's done it yet. But like, my heart is that you have an intention for your practice and that intention, no matter if you're moving or not, is going to happen, you know? Okay. That's great yeah. advice. So, mm -hmm. so, so as I mentioned, you know, I felt awkward doing it, but had a lot of fun. You mentioned that the more frequently you do it, the less awkward you feel and the better you get at moving. How is, is that something that someone sees the second or third time, the 10th time? Or like what, how do you see that, that curve for improvement? It's very different person to person. Um, the first class, if you know, say you uh, come from a CrossFit world and you've been lifting weights and you're very linear in your movement and you come into Chakti Yoga, I'm asking a lot from your body that you are not accustomed to. So this might take a little bit longer for your hips and the hamstrings and back to loosen up. Whereas someone who has lived more of a sedentary lifestyle is going to look, it's going to be a totally different process. Um, so it's definitely not like, you know, I will say by like the third or fourth class, people are like getting more used to the quick changes in the practice and understanding the, the movements a little more, but it's, it's actually, um, I would love to do a study because like the first class, Sometimes people are looking at me like, what in the world is happening? <laughs> and then by the fifth or sixth, they're like, like really feeling themselves energetically. And, um, you know, for a lot of women, it's a practice that makes them feel really confident and, um, and really good about themselves. And so, and I can say that for men too, but let's be real, um, predominantly, I mean, it's like 90% women that come to my practice. So, yeah. um, yeah. which is funny to me because you yoga in general, you've got a bunch of really fit women working out and, like, mm -hmm. and who care about what they look like. Right. And care, care mm -hmm. about their health and everything else. Why aren't more guys showing up and doing that? Like it's, I, it's, hey, maybe this will help. You can start <laughs> telling people. I, I think it is something that is crucial for men. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, I lived in Hawaii um, when this was kind of uh, birth, so to say, and um, there were way more men that would come to the practice. Um, it is a practice for all. I would never discriminate from anyone coming, um, and I really think it's super beneficial for all ages, um, uh, gender, race, everybody. So. Yeah, ab absolutely. So I want to shift to Essential Thrive because that's that's your business yeah. that you that, that you do the the, the, the Chakti through. Can you explain what the business does? Because as I understand it, it's more than just the yoga, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So I created Essential Thrive as kind of like my umbrella for all things wellness. Um, 
my heart, what I, my heart is that I said this before, but that people just really understand that your body in homeostasis is meant to feel good. And I think so much of our society thinks that you might need a pill for that, or you may need, um, you know, various modalities in order to, um, get you to feeling really good but in your home state that's who you are and if you don't feel good then I want to help you figure out why and so um through like holistic lifestyle coaching which involves like your environment your nutrition um your emotions your uh your sleeping all of these factors play a role in how you live this experience here so um, I do work with a company um, called doTERRA, which is just all natural products. Um, that's also a huge part of Essential Thrive as well. Um, but yeah, it's basically taking a lot of foundational um, parts of our life um, that have a huge um, massive effect on the way that we live here and um, helping people feel really good. So when you wake up in the morning, it's not, oh, I feel sick or you feel dread or tired it's um it's a real like joy to be here yeah yeah I'm, I made some life changes when I hit about 35 or 36 I'm 43 now and I tell people like mm -hmm. as soon as I started getting all the different pieces kind of aligned and I don't know yeah. when it was but it, I just felt better like every year I felt two years younger than I did the year before. And it's, yeah. it's not bullshit. It's true. Like if you live a good lifestyle and you address five or six things that you've been talking about here, you feel better. Mm -hmm. You you feel happier. You're a better employee. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a better partner, a better friend. Um, it's really amazing what a, what a change it can make in your life. Yeah. And it, you know, it's so simple in so many cases, like I can't even tell you the amount of people that like, even if they would just hydrate, yeah. <laughs> it would feel so much better like the simplest things like have you had water today yeah <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> so yeah. yeah um absolutely so what was the timing of starting essential thrive versus Chakti? was this after the the um breakup of the partnership that you that, that you had mentioned yeah or? um uh full disclosure when i um my marriage uh got pretty toxic and um we were living in Hawaii at the time with our two kids and all of my family was here in Charlotte. And so, um, six and a half years ago, I moved from Hawaii with my kids here. And, um, that's when I got into, um, I already was, uh, uh, had certifications and holistic lifestyle coaching and yoga and all of these things. But I started to incorporate more doTERRA and I was like, I am going to create this umbrella business that all of these things can kind of fall under and operate under. Um, so that was um, six years ago. Okay. Yeah. I seem to recall having bought some paleo pre-cooked meals from you at some point. Was, yeah. that, was that part of Essential Thrive? <laughs> uh, no, um, that was Mod Paleo. That was okay. a company that- um, Oh, that's the good kitchen now. That's the good kitchen yeah. now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was I, I my paleo them. at the time. I know. It's actually really funny because I was paleo um, when I first moved um, back here from Hawaii, and now I'm completely plant-based vegan. Okay. I don't work with them at all anymore, even though they're an amazing company. Yeah, they've they've really um started to scale that. I haven't talked to them. I can't remember the founder's name and the lady's name, but I, I talked to her and her husband 
pre-COVID and they were starting to get shelf space and Whole Foods and really, really ratcheting up that business. They've, they've done really well with the Good Kitchen for sure. I know, they're really awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, so how is the rest of the business changing in a COVID-19 world? The, the, the doTERRA and the, and the other parts of what you do in the business, are they, are, are, are they doing as well as, as, as the yoga practices or are they? Um, yeah, I feel very fortunate because doTERRA has seen a huge surge in business because we do offer so many products that um, help people's immune system and keep you um, like emotionally supported because you know, a fear and anxiety has hit people in ways that they have never experienced before during this time. And also, um, you know, we have a product called On Guard that sanitizes better than um, any other like products like Lysol and Clorox like that while keeping you healthy because those harsh chemicals can be so gnarly on your um, metabolic system. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I like for people who are more in this, um, circle, so to speak, they're, they're very aware that what you put on your body and in your body makes up who you are. So you don't want to strip your body of its amazing microbiome by using these products that kill good and bad bacteria, you know? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So it's actually both like my world um, hasn't slowed down at all with this. Um, And I've been very, very fortunate to be um, extremely busy during this time. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. I've I've had a few people on, on the podcast whose, whose businesses have, have really taken off. Um, One is a guy who manufactures um, fabrics that can deliver things that can be transmitted transdermally. And Mm. the idea is, so he's done vitamin C, he's done CBD oil, he's done different um, supplements and medicines, he's gotten FDA approval. And the business was chugging along very nicely doing this, but then he figured out a way to do antimicrobial copper in surgical masks. And now he's selling 150,000 of these things that he makes right here in North Carolina. And, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And Good so it's, for him. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's fascinating businesses that are able to pivot and kind of take advantage, not take advantage of that's a harsh way, a, a weird way of putting it, but businesses that are able to, to thrive in, in this type of environment really do fascinate me. Um, Mm -hmm. so in the pre COVID era, way back when people actually got together and did things in large groups, can you speak to what, what your classes looked like, um, in terms of number of people, how frequently you were doing them? Yeah, we actually, um, we grew out of our current space and I signed a lease, um, over, um, I don't know if your listeners are familiar with this area, but Camp Northen, um, So we um, were just moving into a space that was double the size because um, uh, we were at the space in Plaza Midwood and we loved it there. It was amazing, but we could only fit 52 bodies and um, that's mat to mat, very, very close, um, literally mat touching. And um, we would fill up the whole place and have so much fun, but it was breaking my heart because I don't want to turn anyone away. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want it to be like, everyone can fit. So I'm really excited whenever we have the freedom to do so, we will be at Camp North End now. And it's a really beautiful space that we partnered up with, um, another company called Block. 
Okay. And yeah. have, I, have I seen that you have done, had done some classes out of the music factory or? Yeah, we, um, we uh, actually just talked to them yesterday and we're planning um, for this fall to do another one at the Fillmore. It's through Live Nation and um, it's been amazing, John. Like we sold out and um, filled up the entire place. It was like a sea of yogis and we were just having the best time ever. And obviously the sound system yeah. is like, <laughs> oh, it's like what dreams are made of. Like, I love it when you can feel the, the speakers like the bass in your heart you know yeah so so even when it was that loud could we still could the people still hear you over it because that's what amazes me the loud amazed me on the virtual class was the music's pumping really loud but I can still hear you like telling yelling to everybody what to do (laughs) yeah they mic'd me um which is not my favorite I don't really love that but I mean you have to in a setting like that um yeah, so they mic me. Everyone can hear. I I don't really cue a whole lot in Chakti Yoga. If you come to like a traditional class with me, I'm talking through the posture and making sure you're in the right alignment. Whereas Chakti is about direct cues that get you right to it, and it's not about much as um, it's not so much about form. It's about free, okay, freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that definitely comes across when in, in practicing it, that it's it's a visual cue because you're doing the movements a lot better than we're all doing them, obviously. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, you just follow along. <laughs> and, and it seems like it's more like you shouting out motivational things and yeah. yelling out in ways to let people know, hey, I'm having fun. You should be having fun, too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so COVID hits, um, can you walk me through how the business started to change from, from the moment you started to realize, oh, this is something that I'm going to have to deal with for, for my business? Mm-hmm. Like, how, how did that kind of build yeah. for you? I am so incredibly grateful. I don't know what happened in me. If it's, um, I really, I've, I've thought about this several times, but like the second that I started to hear like we're gonna have to shut down these um the, the operation so to speak i immediately called up my assistant and i was like we're gonna operate via zoom and this is how it's gonna work were and you already like, using zoom or had you already oh yeah used- i use zoom i use zoom all the time for doTERRA so okay. i'm familiar with the format pretty well as far as like having virtual meetings with people i've never used zoom for fitness or for yoga but my brain was just like okay what are we going to do we can't we can't stop we have to keep going and so I immediately shifted it over and I will say like it's not the the most efficient system so people Venmo or PayPal to pay for the practice and then they email me and I send them the link um and it's um it's working. I would love to obviously have a better virtual platform to make that really simple for people. And I am working on that. But in the meantime, it was like, what are we going to do? We're going to shift immediately over. And I have learned so much as far as like, you know, running the audio through Zoom and making sure that it's, um, you know, uh, the NGs are friendly. Um, and I'm continuing to learn like I'm ordering a new camera for my computer and you know like all these different things that you don't realize until you're offering classes virtually and I'm just going to keep making improvements because cool thing is now that this class is being offered virtually I have a lot of people joining in from all over the world so 
That's awesome. Yeah. And so, so you, you know, I wanted to talk through that software platform and kind of the process of how you went about that. But obviously, if you're already using Zoom, you, you clearly had some, you, you knew what, what direction you needed to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe can you speak a little bit to, I like the international comment that you made there. Mm-hmm. It, in a, it, you think about marketing very differently for a bricks and mortar business than you do in some cases for a digital business, because you can just reach a a much wider audience. Um, You know, you're probably not going to find somebody in Japan who's going to fly all the way into the Fillmore to do the class. Maybe you have, I don't know, but you're not going to find many. (laughs) But but it seems like you, I'm guessing you leaned pretty, you were probably pretty happy that you invested in building out your social media channels the way that you have your essential thrive you've probably got a pretty good following i'm I'm assuming that that's how you market and how you end up getting international folks is that either mm-hmm. either videos go viral or, or you know however people find you but also i'm assuming there's a pretty thoughtful process behind the social media platform can you maybe speak to how you thought about social media before and how that's kind of evolved in the post-covid world yeah Definitely. I um, originally started my Instagram and it was more a personal journal. Um, I really was just like kind of documenting my yoga journey. And if you scroll all the way back to the very beginning, you'll see that. And then you'll actually see like the evolution of like realizing. And, you know, Instagram changed so much over the years it's like the algorithm now and all of these things you have to learn so much more about running an Instagram account than just like posting because there's optimal times to post and Mm -hmm. you should be posting every single day if you want to grow your business and you know there's so many things that I could improve but I'm so grateful because you know just being able to share on your story and have people tagging and sharing your post has um literally I mean, expanded the business so much for me. And um, I will always ask people, how did you learn about this practice when they're new? And um, nine times out of 10, they're like, oh, I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> so I um, I do use Facebook just because it feeds there, but I'm not as big of a fan of Facebook. I like Instagram. And now there's all this pressure for me to make a TikTok account and I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't think I... I don't think I want to go there. <laughs> no, my uh, our our children know each other, and um, my my boys yeah. are eleven and seven, and they're obsessed with their TikTok counts. And I'm like, this seems so unhealthy, but we're all doing the same thing as adults, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. So. Yeah, yeah, and you'll see people though. Like, there's all these comments. Like, I don't know what happened. I went into TikTok, and then 45 minutes later, you're like still in the same position staring at people's videos you know yeah. oh I've watched my kids just spend 45 minutes just watching TikToks it's it's amazing yeah yeah so it's, it's amazing so um had you so you had never done a virtual class prior to the shutdown is that is that what no. I heard no but I have I have had the intention in the heart for a very long time and um, it's been on like my list of like, but I had it pictured so differently. I wanted it to look like top of the line, like Peloton style. Mm-hmm. You know, are you familiar with Peloton? Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be like the best audio, the best lighting. And I had it like, in my mind, I wanted to launch virtual right. 
Like I wanted it to be top notch. And so looking back, I realize now that that was actually really holding me back because mm-hmm. I am obviously not offering it now in the best possible way, but it's working. And people are like so happy to practice together during this time. I, I agree. I, I listen to a lot of the Joe Rogan podcast and kind of his mm-hmm. network of people. And one of the things that they talk about is they talk about new media versus old media. And maybe not in these exact terms, but that's how I've been interpreted it. And in the old media world, you had to have super high quality production. Everything had to be this thing that isn't real, right? Like nothing looks like that Peloton video in real life. Um, but yeah. in, the new, in the new world, you have podcasts and you, you have people... Uh, you know, you don't have a production crew of a hundred people making sure everything's perfect. It needs to look good so that it's not distracting. But, but I think that there is something to that in general. And it, I mean, as as you get better with all of these things, you'll, you'll naturally improve it, I'm sure, but you probably don't need it to look like it's produced by NBC, right? It's it's just not the world. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, it's been an eye opener for me. And also just like, I've helped a lot of friends during this time that are also teachers and they're like, how did you do this? And I'm like, I, I don't know what happened. It just like was in me. And I, I don't know if it was adrenaline or what I'm like, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> That's awesome. And so we have a really tight knit community and I, I really love the Chakti yoga community so much. And I don't want to ever feel like, like we're like family and you know, anyone can come into the family. We're all family, but I didn't want anyone to feel like, oh, I'm missing Chakti during this time. And it's, um, I've heard from a lot of them that they're just like so grateful to practice virtually. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it okay. certainly seems like they're they are grateful from from what I you know what I can see on the, yeah. on the Zoom on the Zoom. Me uh, too. I am so grateful. <laughs> so, so did the nature of the programming have to change at all when you go virtual, or or do you pretty much program it the same way that you program? Um, and I think of programming because I'm a CrossFitter. Maybe you don't think of it as yeah. programming, but I don't. But um, it's the same. I will say it's um, it's an additional challenge for me because I read energy, and so when I'm the only person in the room, I can't read the room. And so I think practice has changed a bit in that sense because I can't see if you're following along with me you know, yeah. Um, except for this little tiny square that you can't really feel people's energy. And I actually, I really miss that part of live classes. But like I said, it's like, I mean, <laughs> it, what, what are the options do we have right now? Yeah. And also, um, even like if people are taking breaks and then they join back in when they're ready, it's, it's still good. I just, I love feeling the collective there's nothing like um, the adrenaline and the beautiful energy that comes from like a big group of people doing this movement together, you know? Absolutely. I did. Um, a, a good friend of mine owns uh, the Stacks uh, workout facility. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. and he, he got, he does a free boot camp that Randy Moss mm-hmm. and Emily Breeze host and he made it free because yeah. he just wanted people coming out and, and visiting the gym and they would get five or 600 people to show up to these mm-hmm. class training uh, or to these, to these um, boot camps and a lot of fun. I mean, just really fun with that amount of people, but then they brought out the Guinness book of world records to certify the largest outdoor set of push-ups or something like that. And they, they had over 2000 people show up and you just can't compare the energy 
you know, it's, it's, it's really something amazing when you get a group that big, all doing the same thing and kind of coordinating together. It's, it's really cool to see. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, there's nothing like it. So that, that has changed the, as you said, programming a bit, <laughs> but not much. Okay. And how does the attendance of the virtual classes compare? You mentioned that you're getting some international folks. Is it a bigger, uh, is it a bigger uh, yeah. group of people? Yeah, it's been amazing. So we could only fit 52 people in the space. Um, and it was, it, like I said, it was really sad because I was um, turning people away. And um, yeah, we're av over 100 every time um, virtually. So Wow. Yeah. <laughs> ah, thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, I totally, um, I can see it growing even more and I um, am doing everything I can. Like I just, that my heart is for this practice to go international, so. Well, that's, it's interesting because my background is I, I've been involved in a couple of businesses where we help companies embrace digital, generally speaking. And, and what I like to tell people is digital businesses are able to scale in ways that you just, you can't possibly do in a bricks and mortar setting. Um, I mean, you can look at e-commerce sites, you can look at virtual classes. There's nothing that will prevent you from going to a thousand customers getting on there if you continue to grow this the way that you are right but like you said you can yeah. in a virtual in a bricks and mortar world you couldn't possibly have a thousand people um, no and I like the way you talk I I definitely intend for a thousand people to come to class <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you, you, you you're gonna get there for sure it's 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 a it's a fun fun uh fun class to attend um has has your experience in going digital remote virtual all, all of the above change the way you think about the rest of your business and especially in a post-covid world how do you think differently when we start to go back to normal do you do you keep a hybrid of the two do you change the way you were doing business before have you, have you thought much about that or are you just trying to keep up with the, the oh no world? i think about it it keeps me up at night um in a good way because i i i want to expand virtually even more so now like I said, it was always my plan to do so. I just thought I had to have it a certain way before doing so. And now um, I've so many people are messaging me. I hope that you keep this going virtually when we are able to go back into um, the studio. So the trick, and maybe you have some insight on this, is live classes being um, available virtually mm -hmm. is a, it's a, a hard thing as far as the audio and um, video visual part of it so it's possible that I might have to do both um, so I'm working through that I've talked to so many people and I'm just kind of piecing it together in the immediate like if they said tomorrow we can go back into classes um, in the studio I would for the time being I would run both just because I don't want to leave anyone hanging yeah <laughs> um, but for the sake of my body, um, I can't, I could not maintain doing this every day, multiple times a day. That's just not. Yeah. How, how what do you do Four a week now? Is that. I do three a week okay. and, um, um, of Chakti, but then I have, um, you know, other yoga classes that I teach and, um, that's different as far as the demand on the body. Um, so I think three is like my. Uh, sweet spot, so to speak. When I do four and five a week, I, it's it's a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Physically, 
Yeah, I can't imagine doing three of, of the classes and I'm not going as deep into the poses as you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah. I feel really good keeping it at three, but I, for the sake of uh, this transition, I will do more for a time, but I'm confident I can figure this out. It's gotta yeah. be able to be done. I, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm not an AV expert, but the little bit that I know, I think you could probably solve the AV problem while you're doing yeah. it and and kind of simulcast it i, I guess you'll, you'll have to think through like business model wise do you just charge the same thing for a virtual class as what you charge for an in-person no. right now or okay no so yeah those are all pieces that i've been thinking about as well um virtual is less expensive and i would love to offer subscriptions so i would you know want to make it as um affordable for every user and um and then dropping in live is actually you know it's a little more expensive but we also have package rates for that as well so do you do anything yet with facebook live or instagram live or i forget what the instagram live thing is called no i don't but that's so funny you just asked because um i'm teaching a class tomorrow at 11 it's just a normal yoga flow and i am gonna go live for the first time with it i've never done that before so Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've got a friend who built a business where she would bring people in to meet up events um, and you'd, you'd mm -hmm. pay and she'd bring all of these supplies and make these real high quality cocktails because she's just a mixologist and really understands how to make good cocktails. And it was really a lot of fun. And, um, and then obviously things sh started to shut down. She can't do those anymore. And she's using Facebook Live uh, very heavily and having some some success with that. So that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting That's to awesome. see new business models emerge. You know, kind of out of necessity, I guess. Yeah, I don't think that will ever be the same again after this. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think this is. I thought September 11th was the craziest thing I had ever seen, and then the, this is just hold my beer kind of way crazier, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. the number of people who died in all of September 11th are dying every day across the world, right? It's, uh, it's mm -hmm. it, it certainly, I think, is going to have longer term impacts than, than most of us understand. Um, one yeah. question that I had in my mind, um, you mentioned the music and how you love the music. Um, licensing model, do you, do you have to license the music or you, do you have access to a catalog of music that you don't have to license? Um, so I use um, Spotify as my mm -hmm. music platform and all my playlists are public. I just have to, and I haven't been as consistent as I should be, but just every post I have to write that I don't own the rights to the music. Okay. Um, or I don't own the music basically. So, um, and I'm not, I'm not selling it for any reason. So that kind of like blanket um, secures me from any problems in the future with that. But Okay. Most um, teachers use either iTunes um, or, you know, Apple Music or Spotify. I prefer Spotify. I have like um, close to 800 playlists that are public. Um, so a lot of people like to follow um, my playlist for like their own workouts and um, you're welcome to it if you want to. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'll, um, I'm taking a note here to yeah find those and link to them in the show notes yeah i can actually i'll send you a link to um awesome my profile on there it's kind of like you can follow people like you do on instagram with spotify and um a lot of people follow my my music playlist so very cool yeah. very cool yeah i'll definitely yeah. When, when you send me that link i'll definitely add that to the show notes
So, so cause one, one of the challenges in, in a lot of digital businesses is if you're, if you're, if you've got music and you want to put it on the internet, it's a very different licensing model than not putting it on the internet. But it sounds like because you're using Spotify playlists, you don't have, that's not a concern. Yeah, if I were to be, um, like, if I was going to record a class and sell it, like, in a DVD or, um, you know, mm -hmm. what other type of format, I would not be able to use the music that I'm using, so. Yeah, I went out and found three songs that I wanted to incorporate into the podcast, and then I went over to the whatever the licensing site is, I don't even remember, and it, they didn't even have an option for podcasts and I had to do a bunch of research and it ended up, I ended up figuring out the songs that I wanted to use were 15,000 a year for, and there were three songs that I wanted to use and cause they just don't know what to do with podcasting. The, 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 you know, the, the record labels really don't know what to make. They don't know if you're a small podcast or Joe Rogan, you know, making yeah. tens of millions of dollars a year doing it. So, so did you do it? No, no, I found a, a local AV guy made me some music that <laughs> so, you didn't pay $45,000 for no, this per, per year. No, no, I, I, no, I did okay. not. <laughs> but the, the songs, I mean, they, they were more popular songs. One was like Gangstar Mass Appeal, one was, um, yeah, a Run the Jewels song. And I don't remember what the third, yeah. uh, Mob, Mob Deep, the, one of the Mob Deep songs. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, you had some good ones. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I probably could have found up. cheaper music, but. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, um, so, so you, do you do any other, you mentioned meditation, you mentioned that you do traditional yoga every day. Is there anything besides yoga for your personal workout, any weight training or other things that you yeah. like to do? Um, I love, I go to, um, I'm a member at Reebok CrossFit. Oh, and cool. yeah, I love lifting weights. I'm not, for a second, I got super into like seeing how strong I could be, and then I realized like the direction I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. But I love to work out. I love CrossFit. Um, currently, I have a set of dumbbells and a few kettlebells, and I do, um, you know, uh, one of the coaches there does some programming for me, and um, I just ask her to always keep them around the 40, 45 minute mark, and. I try to incorporate that into my routine two, sometimes three times a week. And yeah, so. Cool. So, so I'm a little different from the, the way that I think about fitness than, than you are, obviously. I, you know, for me, I, I love to just work out in general. I feel like if I break a sweat every single day, I don't really care how I do it, but I tend to do three or four times a week. I'll do some sort of high intensity interval training or CrossFit. Um, day or two, I like to set aside where I just lift heavy. I don't need to be breaking world records, but I want to, I, I like to feel exhausted from just from, from doing a set of heavy deadlifts or a couple sets of heavy front squats, for instance. And then I, I don't love running, but I do like to run a couple times a week. You, I prefer sprinting probably when, and especially hill sprints, um, yoga, like right now, the way I think about it is on a good week, I'll get a yoga workout in, you know, um, but I know that I'm not doing it enough. I can tell by my mobility. I can tell by my flexibility. I can tell by my monkey mind that I don't incorporate enough yoga. How would you advise someone with my kind of training regimen to incorporate more, more yoga into it? Um, I think that it's absolutely amazing what 10 minutes of yoga would do for you. Interesting. And so think of it in smaller bite sizes than 
that you have to get an hour of practice in or you have to get 90 minutes or whatever because you will like you can reset your entire life your day by 10 minutes of yoga um intentional movement intentional breath and it's um you're oxygenating the blood you're loosening up the muscles and you um your longevity of your crossfit and your running is going to be exponentially more because you have the mobility and that keeps so many people from yoga because they say i'm not flexible i'm like you're the one that needs it the most yeah, like absolutely. you have to do it <laughs> like don't let that hold you back that that's and, great advice though because i think that 10 minutes i think I, that wasn't something that i considered hey because i can incorporate 10 minutes of yoga in in the every yeah. day right like it's it's easy to find 10 minutes um, yeah if you can't find 10 minutes i don't know what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> so i'm happy to um i can put together like a simple 10 minute routine and throw it up on youtube um for you and anyone that you want um that'd be awesome yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can even link it in this if you want to. Um, that's something I can do really easy. And also, like every Friday, I'm offering um, a yoga flow called Seek the Good. Um, it's at 11 o'clock tomorrow. And this is an all levels flow. If you can join tomorrow, I feel like you could pull out some pieces of that that could really help your. Um, your Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, and I don't have my calendar in front of me, but I think eleven o'clock is is actually free tomorrow. So if I wanted to sign up for that, do I just do I, will I see that on on your Instagram? Yeah. Too? So in my Instagram profile, there's a link, and it's free. Um, so you literally just click the Zoom link and um, join us tomorrow at eleven. Um, and yeah, it's free. So I'm gonna keep that going um, for as long as we have these stay-at-home orders, and then. I'll see what happens from there, but it's really just to help people mentally and physically right now. That's awesome. So for someone who's maybe not in any kind of physical shape, who isn't working out at all, but is looking to get healthy, how do you normally counsel them to get started? Does it start with the fitness? Does it start with the nutrition? Is it something else? Uh, so I feel like I'm, I keep saying this, but everybody is so unique mm -hmm. and some people are very black and white and some people want a gray program. So it's kind of getting to know the person that you're working with a little bit and finding out what works best for them. I personally am all, I'm like black or white. And so I want things to just be really clear. And um, I will, I will make changes like that. And then I don't go back. Um, but I do see a lot of clients that like want little baby steps along the way and if it is a baby step thing like the, the first things I look at are their sleep routine because yeah I mean yeah. that's crucial that's, um hydration it's a, it's a mess for most people the sleep routine <laughs> yeah yeah sleep hydration um meditation nutrition I, I'm sorry like it's hard to like just say one thing um but i i recently made a reading list and did a blog post about it just for what i thought business leaders should be reading and one of the books that i linked to in there is called own the day have you ever heard of that or heard of aubrey marcus i think i have is he the person who wrote miracle morning or is that a different person he may have let me look that up hold on one second yeah 
No, that's a guy named Hal Elrod, but it, it looks yeah. like, it looks like a very similar book. Um, Cause what Aubrey Marcus yeah, says is like, rather than looking at all these gigantic changes that you want to make in your life, just have a good day. And this is the six things that you should do in a good day. And he talks about a lot about yeah. moving and yoga and meditation and, yeah. and, and mindfulness. Yeah. But, uh, but you do have yeah, to approach all of those things, right? It's not just a, you fix this and everything falls into place. A hundred percent. And I, I tell people that a lot with doTERRA in particular, because essential oils and good supplements and good products can be a gateway into this lifestyle. So it like opens the door up, but I can't, if you're going to eat at McDonald's and never sleep, I, there's no essential oil that's going to fix that, you know? (laughs) So, So you have to look at little steps and give yourself grace because every day is new and every day is different. Yeah. So, that's cool. Um, so I, I, I think I know that there is no answer to this, but how long does someone normally train before they master yoga, whatever that means, quote unquote, master <laughs> yoga, because you never master you it. You know you the said answer before. to this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely one of the things that makes me so in love with the practice is that you will never arrive. You will never master it. And when you are levitating, there's still things that you could work on. So <laughs> it's, it's the beautiful part of the journey. It's not, it's not like you're going to arrive at some destination. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think anything that's worth pursuing the way you've pursued yoga has to be that, right? Like if you can, if yeah. you can truly master something, it's not probably worth spending as much time on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, I would agree with that. Cause I, I do have like a, um, somewhat of a competitive nature with myself and I love to challenge myself and if I were like done with yoga I'd check it off and move to the next thing you can't ever check yoga off (laughs) yeah absolutely so what is the hardest part of yoga for most people is it is it the mindfulness or is it the 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 lack of flexibility in my case or (laughs) well yeah if we're talking about the asana like the the pose practice of yoga it would be mobility I think people get really intimidated and scared because they're like, I can't touch my toes, you know? So um, just, uh, you know, like that holds a lot of people back from it. And sadly, I wish more people realized like that's exactly why you, you need it. Yeah. But. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, when it comes to nutrition, you, you mentioned that you, you were paleo. Now you're full on full on vegan. Um, is, is that something yeah. that you, you recommend for most people or is it really customized to the person in, in your mind or? Uh, um, can I speak completely unfiltered? Sure. Please do. <laughs> um, I, I think it is honestly, when I, um, made the switch to plant-based life, I did it for personal, um, health reasons. Now that it's been four years, I would encourage the entire world to do it. And not only for the physical benefit, but for the benefit of our world, our environment, for the, the energetic greater, the collective, it's so um, amazing what it does for you. You're able to have compassion for all beings. You're able to love more. You're able to... Um, just be in awe and appreciate every creature, every human, every, you know, it's, 
it's mm-hmm. really been a mind-blowing evolution for me. Had you have said that to me five years ago when I was eating paleo, I would have not understood this at all. So I have no judgment for people who choose to eat animals, but now being on the other side, looking back, I'm like, I could never go back. I could never eat an animal now. Mm-hmm. So. Now I've heard similar things. I full disclosure eat. I eat a lot of plants. I I feel a lot better when yeah. I eat a lot of plants. But I do yeah. eat 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 animal proteins, and yeah. I, I try I try to keep them as clean as possible. But 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 that being said, I've got a my my business partner in my newest company. He's been vegan for six months, and he loves it. He raves about it, and he I've seen the transformation yeah. in him. Um, yeah. firsthand for sure. And I, and I hear a lot of similar uh, sentiment from people who have, who have done it. I've also heard some people who have struggled with it. And I, I do feel like probably different people have different results with different types of, of, um, of diets. One of the things I have heard though, is that you can't, it's not easy to be athletic and vegan, but it can be done. The number one ultra marathoner in the world is vegan. And it took him a while to figure out because the n- amount of calories that Scott something or another is his name, but um, mm-hmm. you know, just, just the yeah. amount that the pounding that his body was taking he, from running 250 miles a week, very frequently, you, mm. you just need a, a, you need to, it's not easy to get your protein sources from, from a, a vegan diet, but he was able to figure it out and, and crack that code. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, um, uh, for a while, was tracking my macros, and um, the the coach I was working with was blown away by the amount of protein I get in my diet. I think it is a very common misconception that you have to have animals for getting protein. Um, there are so many sources of plant protein that are available to us, and um, it's so much easier to digest. It's so much friendlier on your um, your digestive system. Your intestines and Mm -hmm. so it's really been for me um very very eye-opening as far as how um the fuel burns in my body Mm -hmm. um but also have you seen game changers yet did you watch that documentary i I haven't i i need to i um so Mm -hmm. um there have been a couple podcasts where james i can't remember his name who produced it was on debating I can't remember yeah. his last name, but he, but he, he, um, he got on and debated Chris Kresser, who's a big proponent of the paleo diet. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of interesting things on both sides of that debate. That yeah. And I've been meaning to watch it. A, a friend of mine um, gave me a list of two or three other ones that he wants me to watch that are mm-hmm. available on Netflix, but I, and I can't blame I highly it. recommend, I think you should definitely watch it. Also, What the Health is a really good one to watch. That was another one that was recommended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I will, I will, I will watch those for sure. Yeah. Um, so what other things do you do to maintain your health and wellness? Uh, do you get into things like sauna or steam rooms or any of the, or, or one <laughs> of my, you know new- what this is? Oh, is that a sauna right there? <laughs> it's an infrared sauna. I, I have um, one as well. I have one as well. I try, I got in at 40 minutes this morning. I, t- I try to do yeah. 30 or 40 minutes a day, but <laughs> Yeah, no, I um I go myself three to four times a week. Um, it's usually a nighttime routine for me. Um, I do cold um hydrotherapy, so mm-hmm. um cold showers in the morning. Um, dry brushing is a part of my routine as well. It's so funny. I've got a dry brush in my sauna room behind this neat yeah. virtual background that I've got here. <laughs> Perfect. So you can also um if you're not in it 
already. Um, you can put a couple drops of essential oil on top of the brushes of the dry brush. And then um, there are certain ones that are so great for circulation. And, okay. um, yeah, so I can help you with that if you want to add a little extra to the routine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what essential oil would you recommend for the dry brushing? Um, I love cypress in particular. It's amazing for um, your circulation. Um, and I do also have to say, I wouldn't just grab any essential oil off the shelf anywhere. Um, there's drastic quality differences across the board. So if you want to, I'm happy to provide you with doTERRA. They're like the best in the world, the purest sure. oils that you can get. Um, and that's really easy. I'm happy to um, help you with that. And then also um, ones for the respiratory system, especially during this time, um, uh, you can use a blend called Breathe, which is just made for um, opening up your airways. And eucalyptus is amazing. Peppermint, um, some more uh, uh, rare ones like Robinsara and Laurel Leaf, they all open up the airways and are amazing in the sauna. Very cool. So you can have, have you... a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, I, I love the cold showers too. I, I actually, a friend of mine just moved and, and he can't have his, um, he's got a cold bath, like an ice, an outdoor ice bath. Iceland? I, yeah. 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 And he's, he's, he's giving it to me, um, supposedly. In a oh day my now, God, so. you're so lucky. That's amazing. I really want to do that. Are you familiar with the Wim Hof method? I, I am. So they talk a lot in that book that I mentioned on the day about the Wim Hof method. And that's how I started doing cold showers that way. Now I don't really need to breathe as much. I, it's just gotten a little bit easier to do the cold. Amazing. Like I used to hate cold showers and now I look forward to it. Yeah. Crazy how your body adapts. So you can apply that to your yoga practices. Like yeah. the more you do it, the easier it becomes. <laughs> well, and then the more things um, you can take on, the more challenging things you can take on, right? Definitely. I also, um, I put a huge emphasis on the quality of water I drink and I cannot emphasize this enough for people. Do not drink your tap water. It's loaded mm -hmm. with pharmaceuticals and metals and things that your body cannot assimilate. So I go a couple of times um, a month to a local spring and I fill up, um, oh, wow. I have, yeah, I fill up, um, I have six five gallon um, BPA free jugs. I would like to get um, the glass um, carboys, but I don't have those yet. Um, but there's a spring that's local. It's about a 40 minute drive that I, um, that's the only water I drink. And um, it, it ha it's the full spectrum of minerals. So you notice a huge difference with your energy when you are having that clean, amazing water versus something that even filtered water is better than tap, but you're not getting the full range of minerals from that. You know, very, very interesting. So. Yeah. I haven't gone that hardcore. I drink a lot of mineral water. I, I like uh, Gerald Steiner. You can buy the bottles of it at, at Whole Foods and it's got high yeah. magnesium content, but yeah. one of the tricks from own the day is to hydrate first thing before you do any coffee or anything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, as you mm -hmm. put a, um, a half a teaspoon of, of um, uh, any kind of sea salt and then squeeze a little bit of lemon in there. And it's really to mm -hmm. give you the, the, the minerals that your body needs. Because if, if yeah. all you did was drink pure water, that doesn't really hydrate you. You've got to have the minerals right. as well. Yeah, I do the warm lemon water in the morning as well. Okay. That's another part of my sauna. Um, uh, I don't need to add the salt because I use the spring water. But 
I highly recommend. I also tell clients to um, that have kids that are growing very rapidly, like for both of us, for you to add the Himalayan sea salt or high quality sea salt to their diet or in their water is so beneficial for them mm-hmm. as they grow. So. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, somewhere along the way, when I was being brought up, we were taught that salt was bad and fat was bad and all these things that turn out to be very yeah. important to life. It's Well, like iodized table salt is bad for you. So yeah. it's just such a different, like the change of one part of the, the word is, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a big difference. Have, have you tried um, uh, the, uh, the flotation tanks or the deprivation um spots no but someone just gifted me right before this all happened um i was gonna i like was gonna make my appointment to go to the float tanks and i haven't uh, gone is that a true yeah. rest or mm-hmm. okay they gave yeah, me that, a gift certificate yeah have cool. you gone yeah yeah i'm a member there i used to go probably three or four times that was when i did my best meditation was when i'm in this float yeah. tank because you don't feel anything i imagine <laughs> yeah it, it's That's weird awesome. though. The, the, the first couple times it's not it's not a rest like you you don't feel rested afterwards. I felt stressed. Like, why can't I, why can't I meditate in this state? And then, but then at, like anything, I just started getting better at it. And it got to the point where I could fall asleep in that thing for a half hour. <laughs> uh, yeah, those, that's good. Yeah. Those, yeah those I will definitely, cool. when, when we're allowed to, um, when we're allowed to, that sounds so weird to say, <laughs> when we have our freedom back, <laughs> I will go. <laughs> That's, that's really cool. So, so, so you're, you're, you are truly into this whole holistic lifestyle though. It's, it sounds like a hundred percent. So I actually, um, since I started doTERRA and like, I was already into natural living way before that, but, um, my, myself and my kids had not been sick at all. Um, we like, they didn't even go to a doctor. Um, like if they got a little cold or something, we just use all natural remedies. I'm, I, I feel like it's really important for people to realize their health is there um, for them to take care of, not their doctor, and to really educate yourself on um, the fact that anything is curable, treatable, healable. We are miraculous beings. Even if someone has um, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, all these things are with lifestyle changes are um, like you can reverse the damage. Our bodies are amazing. And, and it's really easy to prevent them as, as well. I, I had um, yeah. Linda Nash, who's the founder of a company called Welcome MD. Fascinating lady. She's sold mm-hmm. three businesses, started and sold three businesses prior to this one. But she's, she's part of the medical establishment, but she's preaching the holistic health approaches. She's preaching medicines can be diet and nutrition and mm-hmm. lifestyle changes are much more important because they can prevent things and not you know, not make us have to cure you after the fact. And so it is, it's great to see that there are all sorts of different people out there that are, are presenting this and, and educating people on it. Because I think my parents' generation definitely didn't think that way. It was eat whatever you want. In fact, eat terrible by terrible guidelines, exercise in terrible ways that aren't fun and that you hate sitting there running on a treadmill, right? Rather than shaking your booty and doing some, some stretches. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and, and it just, and then, oh, we'll give you a pill to solve that, or we'll give you a surgery or a stent, you know, and that, that clearly it's so doesn't sad. work. Yeah. And it's expensive. No, and then that pill makes you need another pill. And then that pill makes you need another pill. And then 
you're my dad and you're taking 10 to 15 pills a day and you feel horrible. I'm like, this has to stop. <laughs> I agree, but but your message about it's never too late to fix it. Like it's it, that's important too. Just because you are taking ten to fifteen pills doesn't mean life has to be that way. You you didn't prevent yeah. it, but you can you can still cure it for sure. That that's yeah. awesome. So on on that front, you know you've got an energy and a charm that really translates in a in a virtual environment. Um, is, is this just how you are? Or did you did you do things to train or embrace it? And I'm thinking specifically of there was an Instagram post that you you put out recently it was you you clearly were in a dark place it was a very raw post it was very moving um, but what's interesting to me is you came out of that dark place and now you're this highly motivational happy mm-hmm. person clearly you know ha- like ha- can you can you kind of speak to what you've done to train that or was it always there and you just were ignoring it or what you know how, how did you really realize that about you yourself uh, thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. I, um, I did expose a lot of, um, a lot in that little post, um, because, um, I've heard a number of people speak recently and I know that we have a lot of emotions and fear and anxiety around the current pandemic. And, um, but there's been, um, people saying like, um, feel what you need to feel and allow yourself to have your emotions. And I a hundred percent support that, but I don't think it's necessary for us to sit in a low vibration. And I've learned that throughout life, um, obviously through extremely toxic and hard times where I honestly didn't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, full disclosure, I, I really, I thought about ways to stop this life. Mm-hmm. And it was the darkest place that I've ever been and um, a place that I wanted to share about because I am, that's not who I am at all anymore. And a lot of our society tells us that once you're an addict, you're always an ad- addict or once you're this way, you will be this way forever. And that is so not true. You can heal from anything and you can also train your brain and your body and your life to be in a state of love and joy and happiness and gratitude. And there are things that you can do. So it's not to say that I don't, I'm never like mad or (laughs) um, sad or feel, I feel everything, but I'm not going to hang out in a depressed mindset for long because we have all these tools in a toolbox that we can use to elevate our vibration. We are pure energy. You are pure energy. I'm pure energy. If we looked at ourselves under a microscope, we would not see this flesh that holds our soul, you know? And Mm -hmm. so when we really see the big picture of why we're here on earth, it's not to be sad. It's not to be depressed and scared. And it's such a sad life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if we can um, share hope and we can share love, and what it means to truly be grateful, we can teach people that, man, yeah, you're going to have tough days, but you don't have to hang out there. You don't need a medication for it. This isn't what you're doomed to in any way, shape, or form. And in every single moment, like right now, you have the choice to choose how you see this moment. It is a choice that we make in every moment. That's why you might go out in the morning to your mailbox and 
and hate that experience. Whereas I look forward to putting my feet on the grass and I look forward to looking up in the sky. You know what I mean? Like two people stuck in traffic have two very different experiences. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's a choice that you make, right? Like, how am I going to frame this moment? Mm-hmm. So but, how so how for you, sorry. I don't want to get too into how, how you transitioned from what was clearly a dark and painful point to where you are today. Yeah. But, but I guess it's just, is it, is it a choice? Did you just realize one day I've got a choice? I can, I can get beyond this, these things that are happening to me or, or was it a slow process or was there like a moment where you just realized like I need to choose to do this? <laughs> Uh, so I, this, you have to have a little background story, but I was great. I grew up very, um, religious and Mm -hmm. I was taught that you, the person that you commit to marrying, that you stay with them. And so this was like programming that I, I was deeply ingrained into myself. And, um, I got in a relationship and a marriage that was amazing for a time. Um, and I don't regret it at all. But when things got really toxic and horrible, I thought it was like my duty to stay in it. And um, to a point where I lost myself, I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know the things I was doing to myself and to others. And I was in a very, very dark place. And um, I can't remember like what, like if there was a pivotal moment, but I let it go on so long that um Honestly, I really believe having my kids um, saved me in a number of ways because I I never wanted to let them down. Mm -hmm. So I got out of the relationship. Um, uh, I can't share the details because it really is just like... Sure, um, sure. I don't want to go too deep into that. Yeah, Yeah. but yeah, it was like it got to the point where I was like, okay, um, I gotta leave. And I let it go on like six years longer than it ever should have. <laughs> oh, wow. So, wow. Yeah. But, 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 I, and, and thank you for sharing that. I think too often yeah. people use Instagram to just show off the glamorous parts of life. And it's, it's really, <laughs> you're, you're, you know, you, I, I would encourage people to open up the way, the way that, that you did, because I think it's very moving and, and it's great to share that with people. Um, but I do think it's, it's also inspirational because there are people who are out there trapped in a shitty job or a shitty relationship or, mm-hmm maybe it's a bad relationship with them with themselves and they're, and they're feeling those same type of feelings that all of us, if we're being honest, have felt from time to time. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think the message of, no, I can take control of this. And even though it's probably six years too late, I still make that decision and I need to make that decision. And I think for people to see those kind of role models is great. So thank you for sharing that with everybody. Yeah. I will say too that, oftentimes we put other people before ourselves and it's really, really important to be selfish. And it's the most beautiful thing because when you take care of yourself, like it seems like you really do get that when you take care of yourself, you're a better person for all of us. So for your kids, for the people that you work with. And a lot of times that gets put on the back burner. And if, if we could all just embrace like what it means to truly connect with ourselves and love ourselves, then that should be number one priority, you know? Yep. No, absolutely. Well, I, I think that's a great point to end the interview. I could talk to you for hours because this stuff fascinates oh, me, but, but that's such a great message to end with. So thank you so much, Lauren. Um, I'll, I'm going to go back through the, the different links that, um, 
that we talked about here and add them to the show notes. I'll add your Instagram account and also uh, your website as, as well. Congratulations on creating a great exercise program and lifestyle and, uh, and on the success of the business. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care, Lauren. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.